I'm going to be talking about generalized anxiety disorder. Last episode, I talked about myself, and as you recall, I have generalized anxiety disorder, so I'm going to try to be relating uh, all the things that I've researched about to, to myself. Uh, so today I'm being joined by my girlfriend, Allie. Hi. And so before I start, one real quick that I, thing that I want to cover. Last episode, I kind of, I talked about how I got very depressed and I eventually got help. And, uh, I didn't really think about this till after recording, but I kind of glanced over what I was talking to you about t today and Brendan when I went to counseling. Uh, so I just, the reason I want to cover this is because I know that a, a lot of college kids struggle with this kind of stuff. And so I, I, this is information I really want to get out there. So, cause you might not be aware of it. I wasn't aware of it right away. Um, a lot of college campuses have counseling centers where you can go to. And if you're a student, you can just get free therapy. And I mean, I think that's amazing. Uh, so what, what I did is I go up, you, I imagine that a lot of counseling centers are going to, are probably the same. So I'll just say what it was like for me. And I would assume it's going to be like that for a lot of counseling centers. You, you go in, you, you tell them, Hey, I need counseling. I filled out, I went on a computer, filled out a little thing talking about, uh, problems I've had, uh, things that. I've been through it, it. I remember some questions were asking about any kind of abuse or uh, if I felt like I was ever uh, been judged for gender, sexuality, color of my skin, that kind of stuff. So I, you fill out this huge report and the the counselor gets it and you meet, you go one-on-one -on -one and you kind of discuss what they think will be best for you based on what you've put down. So I went and talked, and they suggested group counseling for me, and that was really never something I even thought about because what I thought group counseling would be was you kind of you you go in, you listen to the counselor talk. They say, "Okay, this person, what are you going through? All right, now you talk and you tell me what you're going to. I'm going to ask you these questions." But it was not like that at all. You I, you go in. Counselor says, okay, who wants to talk first? Whatever. And you basically just kind of talk about stuff you've been going through. And we would talk, I want to say it was an hour and a half. And you just, we just sit there and talk about all of the stuff that's been going on. Everyone gives suggestions to each other. You talk for an hour and a half. Counselor barely says a word. You go home. I mean, it doesn't very, it, on the surface, it just sounds like you're just talking. I mean, it It doesn't seem like it would be therapy. It seems like you're just talking to people. And, I mean, that's kind of how it felt. Is how eventually, I mean, these people became my friends. And we would just talk. But it helped. It helped so much. It helped me feel better. Because all of a sudden, I'm... It's kind of like the basis of what I'm doing this podcast for. I no longer felt alone all these people going through the same things that I went through. And not only that, but everybody's at a different stage. 
I may, I, you know, I'm still, I was still figuring out what was going on in my head, but maybe some other people there have been known what they've had for years been battling with it. And so, you know, people may have been at where I was at and, and gave me some tips on, you know, how to get motivated or whatever. So I just wanted to cover that. And so if you're in college, definitely check out if you have a counseling center and, and go and talk to someone. It's free. Why not? It's not going to hurt. It's not costing you anything other than an hour and a half of your time. Considering you're already paying thousands and thousands of dollars to be there anyway. Seriously, all of that's being paid for with your tuition money. So why not take advantage of some of the things all of that money you're paying is going to fund? That's like going, that's like going to college and then... And paying a uh, uh, washing uh, laundromat fee or whatever, and then going to a laundromat to do your laundry. <laughs> you can go and use the free laundromat inside the dorms. Yeah. So I, I just thought of that after I recorded, and I, I wanted to cover that. But uh, anyway, on to the main thing I wanted to talk about today. Generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, first... I kind of want to have a disclaimer. I am not a professional at this. I should not be a number one source for anybody. If you're writing a paper on generalized anxiety disorder, do not cite me. I will. I I have a textbook where I got all of this information that I'm kind of going over. I will give you the name of that textbook. And so you can go after it and you can cite that. So basically treat this podcast as a Wikipedia article. Great to get information from. Great starting point. But you're not going to cite it. You're going to take the sources I used and cite that. Uh, so the first thing that I... It's, I got a, it's a little statistics, basically, that, I'm, that I start off with. Uh, less than one-fourth of people with anxiety disorders only have one anxiety disorder. So there's multiple? Yeah. Like, over over 75% of people with anxiety disorders have two or more different ones. That's a lot. Yeah. Going at the same time. That is a lot. Yeah. So, like, people that say, okay, I... Like me, general, I have generalized anxiety disorder, but I also may get nervous at certain social situations. Not necessarily hanging out with friends, but if I have to go to a big room and talk in front of a whole bunch of people, that's going to freak me out. So some therapists might consider me to have social uh, anxiety as well as generalized. I don't know if my social anxiety is bad enough to be diagnosed, but I mean, it's definitely there. Right. But that, I mean, that's just an example. Like kind of how I felt earlier. I wanted to get out of the house because I didn't <laughs> feel... I didn't I didn't want to be around people that I didn't know. I just didn't, I just didn't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> just wanted to leave. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Um, so, just over one-fourth of people of all people with anxiety disorders, only have two. Or have... No, 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 no. 
just over one-fourth of people with all anxiety disorders have two separately occurring anxiety disorders. So, like, they don't influence each other at all. They're just... So, like, maybe you have social anxiety caused by social situations, but then maybe you also have PTSD, which is caused by loud noises. Those don't interact at all, but they're two different anxiety disorders that you have going on. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. Okay. So, the rest of people, meaning more than half, have one anxiety disorder being caused by another one. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure how, <laughs> how that would be, how to give you a good example of that, but, you know, I don't know about two anxiety disorders, but, you know, you can have... Mental disorders in general, can, one can cause another. Uh, and and I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, uh, anxiety is the most common mental disorder in the United States. So anxiety... So or no, not not the most common in the United States. It's the most... Anxiety happens more in the U.S. than any other country. That's what it was. I mean, look at the situations happening. There's no... I, I don't blame people to have anxiety with everything that's going on. You know what I mean? I mean, it, 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 but I would say, besides that, I mean, look at how the U.S. runs. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, it's brutal how people act and, like, you have to worry about everything. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like with advertising, it's like you have to worry about if you're wearing the right clothes, if you're smelling the way you should smell, if you're walking the way you should walk, if you're breathing the way you should breathe. Driving the right type of car. Yeah, like... Playing the right type of games. Yeah, like... The it, right type of system. I mean, it, it's, it's... It's like, what kind of phone do you have? A Android? Screw you. <laughs> like, everything's just like... In that note, though, I feel like Android users are meaner to iPhone users. Because they're like, ha, we can drop our phone and you cannot. <laughs> That's just you. What? No. Not just me. <laughs> Dallas was doing it too. I, <laughs> I wouldn't consider myself mean to Apple users. I just... It, I, it's You're not, just proving Android's It's not important. <laughs> I just think that Android's for me. Apple is for certain people. I just think that most Apple users don't... It's a status thing to them. They don't care which phone's better. It's Apple's more expensive, so it's the... It's the, the top phone. It's the Gucci. <laughs> it's the Gucci of phones. Um, I'm going to pretend you did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, am I wrong? No, but I never expected you to say that. <laughs> so you know how I was I was talking about depression. Yeah. I touched on it a little bit. Um so I don't have an exact number, but many people that with anxiety also experience depression. Like me. I'm 
when I was diagnosed, I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder with depressed mood. So it wasn't like I have a depression disorder, but I have a depressed mood being caused by my anxiety. I worry so much that it just drives me into a, a depressive state. So you can go through a depression without having a depression disorder. I mean, if you have a loss in the family, you're going to be depressed. Well, obviously. That, and some, I know there are some therapists that will argue that, okay, well, for that period of time, you did have a depression disorder. I don't necessarily agree, agree with that, but I know that is a viewpoint, and I'm just gonna, I'm here to put out the viewpoints. Like, just throwing it out there. <laughs> um, now, uh, something that kind of goes along with my generalized anxiety disorder, or my myself having it. Sleep problems are common. Yeah. And you know. Yeah. I have troubles. Lately, it's well in the past. In the most past couple of days, it's been falling asleep is the problem. But recently, before that, it's mainly been staying asleep. Um. It seems like some nights it's one or the other. I never really have both. Yeah. If I have trouble. Falling asleep, then I usually stay asleep once I get asleep. Yeah. If I fall asleep right away, then I'm up every hour. Yeah. Um, and here's something. Now, this is interesting because I don't think a lot of people know this. Because I didn't realize it at first. I had, I had thought it myself, but I didn't think that this was an actual thing. Uh, that... I guess uh, their psychologists think that generalized anxiety disorder will usually first appear in adolescence or childhood. Huh. Now, it was my understanding that maybe this is just how it used to be and this is how it is now, but I thought that it was like it wasn't something they would diagnose until people were older. Oh, maybe. And I think, uh, something I talked about last time, I think that might be why I wasn't diagnosed with it when I was younger and why they went the ADD route. Because that was so much more common to diagnose kids with. And at the time, anxiety and depression wasn't. But I think nowadays they're starting to see it does show that young. And if we can get used to it and this can be more of a normal thing to, to recognize... And we can get kids trouble, or kids troubled, troubled kids <laughs> help sooner. I'm not saying it's going to lower suicide rates, but it's not going to hurt them. Right. I mean, it, I think a lot of times, especially teenagers, parents of teenagers want to just shake it off as a teenager thing or whatever, but... I mean... Suicide rates are very high in people, younger people. Especially, I don't remember what the story was behind it, but that kid from the town over from my hometown, he was 13 and he killed himself. I yeah. believe it was a family situation, but he had 
shot himself, you know. And I mean, if 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 it was as something as simple as depression that everyone's waving off, well, if he would have if he would have gotten help, maybe it would have been avoided. I mean, you know, not necessarily been avoided, but more likely than it was. Right. So, characteristics, uh, typical characteristics of generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, it has to go on for more than six months. So, if you're very anxious for a period of three months, especially after maybe you have some kind of close call, almost got hit by a car, whatever, if you're very anxious and jumpy a lot for three months and it kind of subsides as you get over it. Well, that wasn't generalized anxiety disorder. That was just you getting over a traumatic situation, you know? Yeah. Um, so, it has to include at least three of the following items on this list. Edginess, fatigue, poor concentration, irritability, muscle tension, sleep problems, significant distress or impairment now I'm gonna go over this list and, and, and count for for my for myself to kind of just show I'm not just saying this edginess I'm gonna say no just because I, I don't really have very much evidence to go over that I mean what is edginess maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm anxious a lot, but it's just being worried about something edginess? Not really. So let's just not count that just to be safe. Fatigue. Uh, especially before I was diagnosed, I was tired all the time. Didn't matter how much sleep I got. So that's a for sure. I was tired all the time. Allie says she, she is too. As I was sitting here yawning. <laughs> Poor concentration. As said before, when I was a kid, I was diagnosed with ADD. Poor concentration right there. So that's two. No doubt. That's number two for me, too. <laughs> uh, irritability. Yeah. It depends on the situation. Yeah, I I'm not going to count that just because... Mm, mm. Maybe I'm irritable, but it depends on the situation. I, and if I think it depends on the situation, then you're not really irritable. Then you just are pissed off. <laughs> right. I mean, everybody has irritable days. Yeah, so, so <laughs> I, I'm not going to count that. So we're at two. Uh, I'm going to skip over muscle tension for now because I'm, I want to get back to that. I have more to say on that. Uh, sleep problems. I was just talking about that earlier. So there's three. Yeah. Significant distress or impairment. Now... While I was going, while I was in high school, I mentioned this last time how I would have times where I didn't, I didn't feel so hot. I wouldn't call that significant distress. I would call that just kind of depressed and not knowing what I want to do. But when I got to college, and it hit the point where I was so depressed that I did nothing, and I hit a point where I'm, I felt I needed to ask for help. I I think I was in significant distress if I felt like I needed to ask for help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's four. Now, muscle tension is interesting because 
I didn't know what it was. <laughs> so I actually, I stopped it, when I was researching this, I stopped in my textbook and looked it up. Uh, I mean, muscle tension is, it is more or less what you'd think of it being tense. And so in that sense, not really, but muscle tension can also include twitching, which I get my, my eyebrow will twitch sometimes. Mine does too. And it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you see in cartoons, someone drinks a lot of coffee and their eyebrow starts oh, yeah. to twitch. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels, but it's not like that. It, it's kind of just twitching on its own a little bit, just a little shaken and... I guess that's muscle tension, apparently. That is, that. that's like, so that can happen, like, if you're very anxious, but you're not getting it out and you're holding it in, that's kind of your body's way of trying to get it out. Oh, so it's like, release me, release me. <laughs> so, and another thing is, you know the thing I have with my legs when I'm trying to sleep? Oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of like, it, it's kind of, it's more or less restless leg syndrome. So I have this thing where I'm trying to sleep and I, I just have this overwhelming feeling that I need to keep moving my legs. I just, I can't help it. I got to wiggle my toes around. I gotta move around. I gotta stretch my legs. I can't stop moving my legs. Kick me off the bed. <laughs> and so that is also muscle tension. Muscle tension can cause symptoms of restless leg syndrome. And since I have that pretty bad, that it causes or c contributes to the sleep problems that I have discussed, I'm going to count that as another one. So how many was that? A lot. Fatigue, poor concentration, muscle touch, sleep problems, significant distress. That's five for sure. And the other two could be argued. Yeah. But I have five that undoubtedly. So my generalized anxiety disorder Probably not nearly as bad as some other people's out there, but I will argue to the death that I at least have a minor case of it, and that's what my therapist was saying. She was saying, you know, you you know, you don't have major problems, but you I would say you have a minor case of generalized anxiety disorder, and I didn't know what that was at the time, but after doing all of this research and research I've done in the past, I've taken classes on this kind of stuff. I I would say I have it. Um, and uh, okay so here's another statistic it's more common in, uh, in people living in threatening environments <laughs> so uh, this could be like uh, living downtown scary downtown <laughs> like where like, you feel like you could get shot like you feel threatened like that could cause generalized anxiety disorder and uh poverty is a huge huge factor in that because you may not be being physically threatened but your if health you, yeah like if you feel like you're struggling to get by you feel threatened yeah threatened to be able to buy enough food threatened to be able to afford a place to live pay all your bills on time yeah like that's that's a, a threat that's not threat you know it's not bodily harm but it's a threat that will cause generalized anxiety disorder if you're constantly worrying about all that stuff trust me i know that all too well yeah so i mean 
mean, I'm not diagnosed with it, but based on what you're saying, it sounds like a, <laughs> a minor case of GAD. Uh, now, this really has nothing to do with generalized anxiety disorder, but it was uh, a little thing in, in the textbook I was reading, and I just, I thought it was interesting, so I wanted to bring it up. One in five women and one in 20 men sleeped, sleep with stuffed animals. I do. <laughs> I, I just thought that was interesting. I didn't think that many men slept with stuffed animals. Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, I expect women because we like cute, fluffy things. Yeah. For example, Rocky. <laughs> Rocky's my dog. He's a puggle. He's soft. But, I mean, I sleep with stuffed animals, but... I didn't, think, I didn't think it was as common as 1 in 20. Right. All right. So that's kind of general stuff on generalized anxiety disorder <laughs> but so now there's different schools of thought in psychology and I kind of talked about it last time how I said psychology is a thing where you put two two <laughs> psychologists that have different opinions and they'll argue about it so there's different perspectives on it uh, now there's the th now, the first perspective I'm going to talk about is uh, psychodynamic. Uh, I'm sure everyone's heard of Sigmund Freud. Yeah. That's, he kind of, he was the father of the psychodynamic. Didn't I just say something about that in my discussion? Something about Freud? I don't know. <laughs> um, I kind of, I took quick notes on, on psychodynamic because... It's, I love reading about Sigmund Freud. I think he was a fascinating person. I think he had some interesting theories. And some of it's just downright hilarious. But he, there is not really any research to back up any of the things he said. Uh so I'll just go, I'm just going to go over quickly what uh, Sigmund Freud in the psychodynamic perspective had to say about anxiety. Uh, so there was three types of anxiety. First is realistic, actual danger. So like you said, being shot, being like afraid that you're going to get shot. Well... Actually, it, that or um, even some of the other the other ones, the threat, the threatening for not being able to pay bills is would be could be considered actual danger in the psychodynamic perspective. Because oh. so the other ones are <clears throat> neurotic. Uh, which is caused by. Preventing someone from expressing their id impulses. Now, the id, I don't know if you know anything about Sigmund Freud's theories and stuff, but there's the id, the ego, and the superego. I didn't understand what the id was, but I understood the other ones. 
it is basically your what they call human nature your instincts oh yeah that's right you explained that to me so like Freud would argue uh, your eating drinking uh, shelter and sex would be anything that will get you that would be it impulses so if <laughs> for example you wanting to have sex and being prevented from having sex would cause anxiety according to Sigmund Freud sure <laughs> so that's that kind of just shows you why I didn't go into too, oh, too much detail in this I mean, there is something there for if you don't have enough to eat, yeah, you're going to get anxiety about worrying about your next meal. So Right. But I think it goes more into that. And then there's moral anxiety. So it's when you're punished for expressing it impulses. So I could see that as arguing if you eat and you eat a realistic meal not let you stuff yourself but you just eat a healthy meal yeah and then someone calls you fat for eating that would cause you anxiety so that that's I think it's more complicated than that but that's where Freud's coming from okay um so the realistic is like normal, but if you have too much neurotic and moral anxiety, that's kind of where generalized anxiety uh, comes from, according to the psychodynamic perspective. Uh, or if you have overprotective parents, the child, um, a child may not develop coping mechanisms for anxiety and that could also create generalized anxiety disorder because they can't cope with it. Again, more complicated than that. I get where he's coming from. Yeah. Uh, and then Freud used pretty much the same general techniques to treat everything. And, uh, there was modest help at the very best. Didn't always help. Super good. So, that covers the psychodynamic perspectives, and I am out of time for today. Okay. So, next month, we'll, we're gonna, we'll dive deep into the other perspectives of, uh, psychology, and they're their ideas on, on anxiety and kind of talk about more theories on anxiety and treatments that actually have research to back it up. <laughs> so, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that you stick around for next episode to catch more of my my pieces on anxiety. You have anything you want to say? Any last things to add? No. No, I'm good. You good? I'm good. All right. So remember, you are not alone. 
You are wanted and you are loved. 